where Mike Brandt did an announcement that everybody at the tournament is going to lose. And I turned to my teammates and was like, not me. That's definitely one of the things I'm getting used to. I definitely went to start speaking immediately after the countdown ended. Um, <laughs> I saw you queue up and then realized, oh, it's different. No, wait. Ah. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 51 of Stat Check. This episode is titled Wraith Night and Day, uh, because as we can see, there's a night and day difference between the Eldar results and everybody else's. Uh, we are here to talk to you about all things Warhammer. I'm Ennis. I'm joined by Jeremy and Nathan. And we are here for episode 51. It is the 4th of July, which means Anthony's not here because Anthony's far more patriotic than Nathan, who is too busy being um, a stormtrooper and watching his cat like things. Um, <laughs> well, I, I don't know, man. I got to see these things. Um, welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today on this fine, fine Tuesday, where it has been miserable and awful weather in all counts here in Scotland. I don't know how it's been for you guys. It's like 87 today or something like that. Yeah, like come on, I have no idea what that means. Sunny, hot, and humid. It's like in the 30s for Celsius, something like that. Cool. That's really warm. That's like more than I can comfortably ever deal with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like that your board just says summer here. over your shoulder. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> this was my wife's office. So that's it. her summer plans. So it has Belgium and stuff on it for WTC, and it also has Petawawa on it for that for that at the end of July. So I don't know. Otherwise, the only other thing I wanted to say is it's so funny to watch our like little logo and our little like free music and then watch these these specially designed uh, graphics that <laughs> we were sent for Red Dragon that looks like some kind of movie or television production company entry. Look, it's far more important that ours looked scuffed and theirs looks great because being a little bit scuffed as part of our branding at this point and i don't know how to deal i wouldn't know how to deal with it if it wasn't it's true so with that i suppose we should move on to the first little bit so how have you guys been let's start with you jeremy how was your iron man at the weekend uh that was a ton of fun um yeah so anyone who was not aware because i wasn't around last week uh sunday so two days ago uh because we couldn't hold down saturday because saturday was our national holiday um sunday we held a five round 26 player gt ish counts as a gt in my books because it's 25 or more but uh yeah we went for five rounds um we were practicing on some of the Alpha WTC layouts that were also showcased at Alpine Cup and the Luxembourg GT this weekend. Had a ton of fun. Um, and uh, surprise, surprise, Eldar won the event. But I came this close. Uh, yeah, I, I played Knights and, a, and an Assassin because I wanted to. I, knew, I know when playing five rounds in a day that I want to keep like 10 models on the table. <laughs> Um, I've, I've done the, I'm going to play the, the, the extremely strenuous and extremely tactical armies on those kind of events before. And it just ends up being a mistake by round five. Uh, so instead I just put big stompy boys on the table and had fun running at them. Nice. Uh, and then today, uh, if I have to run off, this is why, um, we had to take our cat to the vet to get some surgery done. We had a bit of a complication, but he's doing better now. He is just a very groggy food covered mess now. Uh, but if I have to run, that's, that's, that's why your cat and Anthony are doing about the same thing right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, You're not <laughs> probably about equally coherent. 
I hope Anthony doesn't listen back to this and just gets made fun of a bit. I hope he kind of does, actually, for various reasons. That's fair. What about you, Nathan? Crushed any Crusade Leagues lately? I played my first game of 10th edition where I played Imperial Knights into uh, Orcs. Um, Because managing 10 models is way easier than managing a whole army when learning all the rules. And I learned that there are beast snaggy units are real good at pulling down knights if given the opportunity and then Mazrog Skagbad is a bad bad man who will pull down a lancer and then most of Canis Rex given the opportunity um I still won that game but in the on turn five because I still had an armager and Canis left nothing else but I had an armager and Canis left and I probably shouldn't have had that armager left to be totally honest it was a great game. I kind of enjoyed the mission rolls. The balance is definitely kind of effed up based on kinda. the experience. Kind of. We're going to talk about that more in a minute, but it's kind of effed up because when I got to turn five and I won the game because I'd completely ripped the orcs off the table, except for like one or two models at that point. And the only reason I hadn't done it sooner is because I got tunnel visioned onto Mazrog because he became my nemesis for the whole game, essentially. Um, other than that, I'm scheduling more practice games with Imperial Knights for the event in July where I go to Ottawa to try to get a golden ticket. Maybe bring mm. gold. I don't know. You better win. I don't know, but I will try. Um, I mean, you probably at this rate only need to come about 17th to win the Canadian golden ticket. So it's true. It's true. There are like what four being given away, and like the top five players who are going to be there have all have tickets already, basically. So top five, I think they've given away about 807 tickets. The entire they're sending Quebec, just all of it. <laughs> it's probably well, actually true. hilariously one Quebecer current, no, two Quebecers currently have tickets, and both of them won them in Ontario. The one ticket that's been given out in Quebec, I took. What what is what's the difference? I'm sorry, I don't I don't know Canada very well. Uh, think of it: the difference between uh, oh, I'm gonna get in so much shit if I say that, so I'm not going to. <laughs> you should just say it. You're gonna get you into it. anyway. This will be great. I was about to say it's the difference it. between Ireland and Northern Ireland, but you know. Oh yeah, no, you definitely shouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that doesn't sound right at all. But that's Hold right. on a minute. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out. Pierce or Cattle will hurt me more for that comment. Well, Cattle might hurt you for saying his name like that, but <laughs> it's pronounced more like Cattle rather than. <laughs> Wait, so you don't hurt him? It's Cattle. Yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. Is, yeah, I know you. Why for WTC, we're having everybody try to send us their names said phonetically, so that we we can do this correct on stream as i learned when we interviewed the uh yeah the capital prod um when we were doing the netherlands interview recently with contact loss and i could pronounce like five names out of eight and that was i thought that was good but there were yeah. three that i just couldn't how, how did you get on with the polish names oh, not great that's why they all go by nicknames i don't have to remember any polish names <laughs> sorry nathan i'm still not hardly sure you're not to pronounce mine so yeah I'm American. I'm, I get a lot of passes as an American with pronouncing things that aren't in American English, basically. That's that's the passes I get. get a lot of them so far. I'm, I'm sure somebody will get upset with me eventually. 
So when does your next crusade league start, Nathan? I'm not doing any crusade for a while. Sorry, bud. I'm I'm worried. How are you going to learn the edition? <laughs> well, I'm going to play in the we'll lovely in Patreon. I have the lovely Patreon league to play 10th edition where I was like one of a minority of people who didn't agree to not take Rake Knights or Desolation Marines. <laughs> fine. I'm just going to play you after Friday. That's fine. <laughs> Do you I have Nathan as well, Jeremy? No, I don't. I was going to say, that's a real rough draw. <laughs> We're just in-house with the uh, in-house with the podcast goers because obviously uh, Jeremy and I drew each other for one of the rounds of uh, Five Check League because we signed oh, up next to each amazing. other. Amazing. <laughs> amazing. I love it. Cool. So as for myself, um, I went to a <laughs> Jesus. God damn it! <laughs> also, in case anybody didn't notice, before we talk about Ennis this weekend, if you want to go listen to more WTC content, I worked with Tweak on contact loss, and we interviewed the WTC Netherlands team captain Root. So go listen to that if you want to hear about. Yeah, how do you pronounce his surname, Nathan? Uh, Steinbacher, I believe, was what it was. I can't remember if it was that or something else. Close enough. <laughs> I couldn't remember the end of that word. I only remember the front part of it, but. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, Nathan's been doing a ton of work with Contact Lost, uh, which is super awesome to see. Uh, there's been interviews with Cap with people from Canada, Scotland. Um, you've had the Netherlands on, Poland, all sorts. And I think Spain. England's up next. Spain England as well. Yeah. Is, yep, England is up next. Awesome. Um, also, do check out Enter the Matrix. Typhus has just started his first episode for, I think it's like the Road to the WTC series for him. Yep. Which is with uh, Nathan Roberts going over a bit of the history of the WTC. Nathan's been a long-time um, Team England player, but he's also played for Team Scotland in the past. Um, so definitely worth checking out Nathan's uh, font of knowledge as far as the like the history of the E and WTC goes. Cool. Right, me. I played Warhammer this weekend. I played a tournament as well. I took Death Watch, and I played so many knights. I hate knights so much. They're so miserable to play against. Why does anybody play that faction? They're so dull. They don't do anything. They just stand there, and they're like, please shoot me until I die, and then they die, and like there was no game. You didn't do anything. You just stood there and rolled saves and lost the game because you're playing knights. Like that's it. Like there is, there's no further. Inf- like you don't do anything the entire time. How does anybody enjoy playing that faction? That's the bit I don't get. I don't care if they're good. I don't care if they're bad. How do you like? What went wrong in your brain that you enjoy playing knights? That's that's my <laughs> the first question. Because I had to play five rounds of Warhammer in one day. I frankly don't care. Big robots. It so, really doesn't. The the play experience doesn't matter. They're just giant robots, and that's cool and fun. They're mechs and they're not Tau, so I'm good. But, but you, it just sucks. Like, do not most of your games end in 30 minutes with also you losing, right? That's no, actually. I I don't understand. The game what... lasted for 45 minutes, rounds one through four. Yeah, and and how did game five go? Uh, game five was a six point loss to Eldar, or seven point loss to Eldar. Yeah, that's close. And, yeah, and it was it was because round four, I drew my card and said, "Shit, this is where I stop." See, like I get it. Like I understand the appeal of like a knight. A knight is cool. A knight's a big thing. But playing all of them, like 
I don't know, man. It feels like you just show up to an event and you're like, I have no designs on ever winning this thing. I would like to lose at least two of my games to the fact that I played an army that's better than me. Um, and you do that and you show up at nights and you lose a bunch of games and it was never in your control. And literally all you did was you took the big casino wheel and you spun it and you were like, hey, I shit the thing with the cannon and now it died. And then my army fell apart. Uh, and I hate everybody who plays knights. That's frankly where I'm at right now. You're all bad people. Since August of 2022, I have lost one game with knights. And that was Sunday's game. <laughs> I have played a grand total of one game with Knights and lost no games with Knights. So there you go. Damn, 100% win rate with Knights so far. Anyway, I lost my first game to Knights in two editions uh, on Saturday. Uh, Who'd you lose to? A fellow Team Scotland member, right? I lost to Paul by four points. Yeah. Um, he jammed at me. I walked out. I hard bounced and it was awful. I lost my four points. Um, we, we ran through back through it a bunch of times and there was like seven inflection points where if it had gone average, I'd have been all right. And it just didn't. Mm -hmm. And then if I had cycled, if I had been prescient and cycled a card a turn earlier, I would have won by a point, but I'm not prescient, unfortunately. So I didn't cycle the card. Um, and I ended up being a turn too late on storm hostile objective where I couldn't take him off the card because he wasn't holding any objectives anymore. Um, but yeah, other than, and then I took my frustration out and I beat Knights 70 to 35 in the next game and then 90 to six in the next game. Because uh, we were playing without pain points. Wait, what was that? Ninety to six. Ninety to six. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> what I was. What did you do to unpaint his models? Well, we we the event was playing without pain points. Okay. Um, so we were just because there was like a, the first weekend after launch. But I looked at the game and I was like, I'm not actually bad at killing knights, am I? And then I was like, No, I just cleaned them off the table. I just got hard scammed in game three. <laughs> it happens sometimes. We had. Uh... <laughs> So myself and Francois were both running nights on Sunday because we both just wanted to play quick games. Um, in retrospect, we should have played real armies, but it was fun. Um, but his round two, he went into a very unfortunate CSM player who did not know what to expect. And that CSM player scored three points. Ouch. He completed one card and scored no primary. Yep. Yeah, I the, my last game against Knights was the Vital Ground mission where you get two points for holding your home objective. So he held his home objective, but he got four assassinate because I let my war I, I let him kill my warlord. I was like, fine, man, you can have it. On turn five, I like walked my warlord in front of a Moirax and was like, have him, it's fine. Um, so that he scored six. <laughs> just wasn't I wasn't leaving it. Um, now the other games I played, I played against a Mech Dracari list, which was super cool and interesting. Um, and then I also put in his GSC which was a really, really cool test for a bunch of the tech choices I've been putting into the Death Watch. Things like, you know, did you know GSC don't love lone operative infiltrators that they can't deep strike within 12 of or shoot when they're not within 12 of? They have a hard time with that. Who'd have guessed? Um, the broad strokes of that game was he spent a whole bunch of time faffing around. I did my drop turn, killed 130 models and stopped any of them respawning. <laughs> Damn. Death Watch is cool. Oh, you're running the Phobos Libby with Infiltrators. Phobos Libby with Infiltrators and Inceptors. I could not design a better list for GSC. It's like, oh, you've got blips, and now I'm 3-inch deep striking on top of them. I'm sorry, you no longer have blips. <laughs> um, oh, so, yeah. yeah that's, that's rude. <laughs> Innis doesn't even want people to play the game. Kylo, I don't hate you. I just wish you played more fun armies. Um... I don't know. Uh, Chaos Knight players aren't ba aren't better. Just before anybody like, if you play War Dogs, I assume you breathe through your mouth at all times. Uh <laughs> Damn. Also, and as per what we were discussing earlier, they made a mistake. What mistake? <laughs> they didn't ban them all. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I was just, yeah, I was just reading that as well. I did ask the questions. <laughs> so for those out of the loop, we were talking earlier because WTC season is upon us and they posted the Warmaster GT pack two minutes before we went live. So we were frantically scanning through it. Uh, and someone pointed out that uh, they may have made a typo with regards to the, uh, the Forge World and what was allowed and what was not. So we will see how things go. Um It'll be, It'll be fun. fun. It would have been fun either way. Yeah. I just let I'm, people play with their toys. I'm gonna have or I'm ban it all. Personally, ban all of them. But <laughs> Tim sends us money to say, "Hey, very rude in this," but he's also not refuting me, which means that I know <laughs> Tim knows he breathes through his mouth. Um, <laughs> it's true. I've listened to his show. That's what he does. Do we want to talk about the stats this week then and talk about We have actual stats to guess, talk about. I guess it's either that or continuing a decent portion of our audience by watching about nights more. So. Let's just go over to stats from this last weekend. There were 10 events that we tracked. So all of this will be out of 10. It'll be really easy for you guys to do the math on when things are bad based on event wins this week. Oh, no. Because it's out of 10. <laughs> so we're going to start with I told you so. Or the reason why we have the title of this show, and even though people were telling me that maybe it wasn't so bad, Nathan, I'm just going to talk about it anyways. Aww. So Eldar had 46 players this weekend, making up 11.2% of the meta. They had a win rate of 73.4%. <laughs> they won 8 events out of 10 events. That is 80% of events for people who don't know how to do basic fractions. Uh, they top forward 15 event. They had 14, 15 top four placings and 28 top tens. They had an over rep of 3.35, even with an 11.2% meta representation. They were only shy of Marines. They were the second most played faction after Marines and only. Yeah, we didn't we were live in Discord. <laughs> no, what is the bot isn't fixed. <laughs> Did you, was. Tim just banned. <laughs> I hit the wrong button. <laughs> and, Tim, just because you're X of one doesn't mean you get to come in here and be an asshole in our cat. <laughs> I'm fixing it. <laughs> I hit the wrong button on, uh, uh, on StreamYard and wow. accidentally banned him. No, it's okay. I think I think we should leave it as is. In in second place, uh, is Imperial Knights. Forty one players. They made up ten percent of the meta. They had a win rate of 64.4%, and they won one event. They had eight top fours, 16 top tens, and had an overrip of two. So probably imbalanced, just saying. And then right underneath them in third place is Gene Steeler Colt. There were, of course, only like a dozen of them because that's how this always works. There were 14 of them, technically 3.4% meta representation, and a 64.1% win rate. They didn't win any events. They got four top fours, eight top tens, and managed a 2.94 for overrep in part because they made up only 3.4% of the meta. But that army's real good. It is. Um, good. So I would keep an eye on that. In fourth place is Thousand Suns, 21 players, 5.1% of the meta, a 55% win rate, one top four, five top tens, which gives them an, a 0.49. And then rounding out the 
top five is Adeptus Custodes with a 5.1% meta representation, a 54.3% win rate, one top four, three top tens, and another 0.49 over rep. Um, that may give you an idea that perhaps there are two factions basically soaking up the vast majority of positioning in top tens and top fours because the other event was won by Astra Militarum who had a 37.3% win rate. Oh, no. Um, for, made up 4.1% of the meta and had that one event win, one top four, two top tens, and a 0.6 over rep. Um, there's a smattering of other stuff for top four placements. But when you look at our spreadsheet, it is the vast majority of it is soaked up by the top two factions and then by all of the Marine factions, because that's how this always works. Because Marines by themselves had three top fours and 12 top tens and still only managed to net a 0.51 for overrep. So, yeah. I hope everybody's very happy. That's all I'm going to say. Although, of the surprises, I guess, is that Tyranids did all right over the weekend. They had 23 players, 5.6% in meta representation, a 53.6% win rate, four top fours, seven top tens, and a 1.79 for overrep. So Tyranids managing out okay. The, I mean, I guess you guys get the picture. The picture is that the situation is not it's good. It's bad, guys. It's bad. It's just, just bad. Like, I don't really know how, like, we're getting into Harlequins numbers, but the problem is, at, like, with Harlequins was always that only, like, five people collected Harlequins before they were good. <laughs> And then Turns out everyone and their mother has uh, an Eldari or a Knight. Every every Eldar player from seventh edition just opened their opened their cupboard and was like, "Well, I guess I have the perfect meta army right yeah, here." Mean, meanwhile, half of the half the player base owns an Eldar army because the other half owns a Space Marines army, basically. And then I'm gonna go through the bo bottom five mostly because I want to poke fun at Admech players very briefly. <laughs> they don't um, need that. I don't like hard enough, man. Doing it anyways. So there was one Admech player who made up 0.2% of the meta all by themselves, and they won no games. So the faction this week had a 0% win rate. Uh, Votaner in second to bottom. Five players, 1.2% of the meta. 21% win rate for them. Uh, sisters in third place. Eight players, Almost 2% meta representation, a 29.5% win rate. And then rounding up the bottom is Tau, 18 players, 4.4 meta representation, a 31.1% win rate. But they got three top 10 placings over the weekend. And then actually not the worst. Maybe I should stop saying the D tier is for Death Guard because Death Guard had 10 players over the weekend, a 2.4% meta representation, a 31.9% win rate. Uh, a top four and a top ten for a one for overrep, which means they're perfectly balanced. Well, a, a top four, which was the top ten, right? Yes. Yeah, they're the same. Also say they won that event. No, they came second. They should have won that event. I will rephrase because D depends how you define should have won. Well, they lost. They they finished second by eight battle points, and that was only because the player who won was handed a hundred point win because of the. Uh, toilet dice 
Yeah, I suppose that's something out of control. So that person can definitely think of themselves as perhaps having won that event in a spiritual sense. I mean, but one way or the other, congratulations to Aiden yeah. for going 5-0. and oh, oh, yeah, yeah for sure. A hundred percent. Congratulations to Aiden for going 5-0 and in, with a faction nobody thinks anything about whatsoever. Uh-huh. But there's definitely a huge discrepancy in win rate oh, across this. So if you look at this, it's 73, 64, 64, and then a 10% drop from the top three in win rate. And then it's... 55, 54, 53, and then another, like, and then it starts dropping basically by, like, five percentage points almost at a time as it goes mm. down until the point where it gets to about the 15th faction, and then it just hard drops under 30, and it hits 37 and then goes down to 31 and then drops under 30 completely. So there's, like, a very large spread with some very, like, there are some outlier factions on this spread of win rates right now. And uh, it's not great. Uh, the The balance situation is definitely something that needs to be addressed. It's not great right now, is it? No. And, like, I played my first game of 10th, and I really enjoyed, like, the core rules aspects of it. Like, the ability to, like, the card drawing and stuff like that for secondaries and the way that missions were played. I thought that stuff was really well made, and it made for a really fun game that involved a lot of decision-making back and forth. And, but the balance situation, frankly, is shit. <laughs> to be to be totally blunt, um, and I don't think you're it's, not wrong. It's not going to be better if we just collect more data based on what we're seeing at this point. As Jeremy gets, <laughs> Jeremy's just casually Jeremy, dying. Jeremy casually dies because of the terrible numbers. Oh, it's. Um, I will say, I was very happy this weekend. Well. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I can't, I put, this, I can't put this in a good way without sounding like a bit of an asshole. Um, I was glad that, n- that, with the exception of the Alpine Cup, not a single event house-ruled anything. That's true. Which, which means that you can look at that data and say, no, that's a true representation of where the game's at right now. And the only thing that the Alpine Cup did was remove devastating wounds from Wraith Knights. And Eldar still won that. And Eldar did still win that. Yeah, like the Shout other thing to, I wanted... Uh, Arn. Yeah, I want to put, put out there is that only 11 factions even had overrep ratios this week. <laughs> that means only 11 factions managed to squeeze people into the top four. And most of those overreps are under one. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six of them are under one. One of them is basically one. And then three of them are two or higher. <laughs> so oh, here's here's the fun. The spread is not great. So, 10 events, easy math to do. So, there should be 40 top fours. 31 of those were made up by four factions. Mm-hmm. And that's Marines, GSC, Knights, and Eldar? Eldar, Imperial Knights, Tyranids, oh, and Gene Steeler Cult. So, not even Marines, but Jesus. Marines had three top Marines. fours. They had an overrep of 0.51 and a 48.1% win rate, which is, you know, balanced. For they, had a lot of top, they had a lot of top tens, but you get into a lot of three three and twos and stuff in that. Yeah, form. Marines are definitely like the, we can be everything except Eldar, and we lose real hard to Eldar of the map right now. Yeah. Also, like, I think people just are just taking the old ninth edition number of Desolation Marines a little bit, but also maybe not knowing yeah. how the changes to the game are involved that you may need to either take more or kind of like make a few different different decisions. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, one of the other things that um, definitely stood out to me this weekend, uh, which just boggled my mind when I was going through it, um, was the gulf between Imperial Knights and Chaos Knights. Mm-hmm. They have a very similar play rate, but there's something like a 16% difference, like absolute difference in win rate, because Knights, Imperial Knights are at like 64%, and Chaos Knights are in the like safe place of 48%. Yeah, they're at 48.8. So they're like in a good spot, relatively speaking, for balance. I think it was Tim who brought it up in the Discord a lot, is that Imperial Knights just shoot efficiently, they shoot Chaos better Knights, and they're tankier. Like yeah, and Chaos Knights just don't do those things, so they're they can't utilize the imbalance that towering brings to the game as efficiently as Imperial Knights, just because they don't have the guns and the efficiency behind it to do that. Yeah. Also, moving through walls is great, but what if you just shot them dead and didn't have to bother? Yep. So yeah, the game's not in a great spot. Um, the core underpinnings are probably fun, but there's a bunch of stuff that is uh, less than that. That's less than ideal. And GW said during their Warhammer community stuff that they are looking at addressing some of it. Yeah. And in their last they said it would watch. be this week-ish. Yeah, they said like the first part of July. So we're in early right. July now. So. If by this Friday they have a patch, that they've said they've said it's this week, right? Like that was in the the video was this week. So okay. I am cautiously optimistic, especially given that the rules cut off for their Tacoma event is this Friday. So I very very much doubt that it will not be by Friday. When is rules cut off for WTC as well? Friday, Friday, also Friday. Cool. So hopefully we see something by Friday because the balance situation may be different. Also, I kind of want to watch the violent like this quick practice that will happen in response to a balance patch by WTC I'm, I'm not saying that it would be hilarious, but it would be so goddamn funny. It would be. Um, so yeah, that's the stats. I don't want to talk about it anymore because they make me sad. Um, we did add some cool new stuff to our data collection if Jeremy wants to talk about it. We did. Um, so it, there's been a couple changes. The first one is we now have a dynamic way of checking how many events players have been to in the last six months so that we can keep that rolling count going to basically create a new dynamic uh, set for what we used to call experienced veteran and newcomer players. Uh, and the idea basically behind that is that if someone is going to events on a regular basis, now that we have 17 months of data, we now could just look back a few months at a time and always see, okay, this, this person, you know, this person's gone to three events in our data set. That's actually not that often, but they've gone, if they've gone to 18, well, how many of those were in ninth? How many of those were in 10th? We can now filter that down. Uh, we've also added regional and country filters. Um, I'm sorry, Ennis. Uh, actually, no, you're fine because you're actually part of the UK. Uh, I'm sorry, um, Ireland, you're going to be lumped in with the UK. You should definitely should not do that. You should definitely put them in the Europe group. You sure about that? Yeah, given that they're part of Europe. Yeah, but they're in your region. I guess no. I can rename. I'll rename it the British Isles then. That that would only be a slightly. <laughs> you should just call it the islands. <laughs> the just islands. call it the islands. <laughs> I'll put Australia and New Zealand in there as well. It'd be real yeah, great. Just... Shove no god. Well, we're getting real <laughs> consolidated under that banner real fast in a way that probably hurts a bunch of people. Ennis is hurting right now. 
So, um, sorry, Ireland. You're going to have to make do with the fact that your nearest neighbor dominates your meta so hard in that fashion. I'm kidding. I guess. The Irish are in EU. <laughs> we haven't actually had an event yet. So, I, 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 but I, as I was sorting countries yesterday to create the auto filter, I was like, yeah, uh, I'm going to put the, oh, damn it, uh, I love that. Yeah, I think That's this episode is just about me insulting the Irish and my heritage. So, have at it. <laughs> The whole of like the WTC Ireland team is just going to show up in chat at some point and just be like, "Hey, I'm pretty sure Epsi watches us, so I might get." You're going to get beat up in Belgium, dude. This is just like (laughs) I'll I'll give them all drink tickets. Everything will be fine. (laughs) All right, let's 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 find some so regions regions. Yeah, so so I've added regions and countries. Um, Don't worry, they are they are actually properly defined. I just couldn't help but poke some fun again. Since I have decided to just just, just piss that entire <laughs> that entire island off, mm-hmm. um, and then the other thing that we are working on adding right now is also tracking uh, deployments, missions, and mission rules and primary rules. Um, but that requires TOs to actually record them in their player packs, which is sometimes not done. So that hopefully we'll be able to add all of that, and people will be able to look at you know particular matchups on missions in certain areas. Um, terrain would be the next one that we want to add to that. Um, GW issued released their pack last week. We'll see how many people adopt that new set. There's some things about that pack that really bug me. Shall we, we... talk about the, G- the GT pack then? The, or sorry, the Leviathan Tournament Companion, I think they're calling it? The LTC? Yeah, the LTC, yeah. Yeah, yeah I... I guess it's just the weird split ruins that are kind of weirding me out a little because it's like one terrain piece that are like broken off, but they're connected. At like you're gonna love the WC pack. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I think it's good that GW releases terrain packs and out like and layouts, and this one seems fine. It doesn't seem fine in a world with towering because their ruins aren't tall enough and don't have big enough roofs, but. I think it's good that they release it. I just don't know how else to respond to it. <laughs> did they put in the GT pack that you can walk on top of objective markers again? They did. That is in the companion that you can walk on top of objective markers. They also eroded um, two secondaries and one mission rule, if I remember correctly. Um, uh, yes. They eroded servo skulls so that it's no longer cumulative. Probably smart. <laughs> uh, because it was very funny to shove three objectives in your opponent's deployment zone and then score 45 points on primary in one turn. Because you got eight for deployment zone, five for near the deployment zone, and two for somewhat near the deployment zone. And now it's just eight. Now it's just eight. Yeah, you, a mere 24 if you hold three <laughs> in your opponent's deployment zone. A mere 24. A mere 24. That's like half your primary. You I mean, like if, you're whole, if you're holding your opponent's deployment zone, they deserve it, frankly. <laughs> they, they really do. <laughs> like, uh, come on, guys. What are we, do, what are we doing? What are we doing here? Uh, and then the other two were changes to teleport homers and engage, if I remember correctly. Teleport yeah, homers is now always both. 3VP yeah. in the middle. Yeah, they moved the baseline on the fixed up to three for the two of them, so that you can yeah. always score three or four. It's a big buff for teleporters and engage. Frankly, it makes fixed oh, a lot huge. more a lot more viable. Um, I've found them broadly fairly struggling playing fixed outside of like when your opponent goes to bring it down, and it definitely opens up a lot of options for that now. And then behind enemy lines changed, yeah, yeah, same thing. Minimum three points now on that, which is solid. Yep. Yeah. 
Um, other things that they did in the GT pack, they they released a set of fifteen suggested mission guidelines combinations. Um, mm -hmm. And layouts. We played, five of them. With them. we played five of them on Sunday. Some of them are really boring. They are definitely the. They definitely chose whatever the opposite of violence is for those missions. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of chilling rain, a lot of hidden supplies, and a mm -hmm. lot of... And for some reason, Chosen Battlefield, which is like the strangest one. Like, they they chose Chosen Battlefield, but not Secret Intel for like any of them. Uh, or, um, what's the one? Supply Lines, the one where you get an extra command point on a 4-up for holding your home objective. They were like, that one, that one we like, but the... Uh, the very similar but easier but but like actually reasonable one no nah, that can that can f off yeah, it's a very odd set of design choices they didn't recommend either the ones where you play additional cards which i'm okay with like i like having i, I think having the secondaries be generally fairly standardized while um like primary is so completely variable it helps a little bit with like standardizing tournament experience yeah, yeah that's true um at the same time if everyone's playing the same thing that during that round does it really matter no, but it does. It just makes that means that you have a little bit more of a general baseline expectation for what a tournament round will look like in terms of you only have to adapt to the primary. You don't also have to adapt to, you know, oh, this one I'm actually playing three cards, this card two, and I have much more like smoothing on my scoring. And you can yeah, just have a little more consistency. And the play three cards is also an interesting one because if you're playing fixed, you take the two fixed that you're playing. No, we're not bringing that up again. <laughs> I don't know. I did space by my mistake. I'm sorry. Uh, and then you take out the other five fixed and then you draw from the remaining nine yeah sure which again it just means you end up with much higher scores and i think that that you know in, in a game where generally those secondary cards are pretty easy to score anyway it does result in like hyper inflated you're just playing over the primary in those missions and with the yeah. primary missions generally being pretty boring um i think it makes sense to just kind of avoid them wholesale and going into those the the choice to put chosen supplies in there frequently though is baffling especially like if they had done the double up of you do chosen supplies and the and hidden supplies or chosen battlefield and hidden supplies where you play six objective player placed, I'm down with it. But three five objective player placed is a nightmare. Anybody who remembers seventh edition and eighth edition with with player placed objectives will remember the like complete variability of well I'll just put two in two in my half and one in yours and I'll flip for the deployment zone because I'm in a disadvantaged matchup. Um, or you know you have to put your first one in the middle, which means your opponent gets all of the incentive. Um, yeah. And they can stack sides and all that kind of thing. It's just not, it's not particularly fun. Yeah, and I think been it's a, photo a weird choice circling around from an event this weekend. I, don't, I think it was Rage GT. I'm not sure entirely which one, where players were playing Chosen Battlefield, and that exact th scenario happened, where two objectives ended up like three. You ended up with three objectives and basically like a six-inch triangle, yeah. and then the other one on the other side. There and there were two on the other side, and it was a yeah. You coin flip, and someone's going to be sitting on three objectives for the game unless you can table them yeah i would then genuinely generally if you're going to implement that one for tournaments enforce a fixed middle um play central objective and then you put each place two um and i would probably have it be like you place the one in your opponent's deployment zone and one outside your own and that way you can like force a little bit more play diversity but that's starting to add like a whole bunch of extra rules to a mission that's meant to be there for simplicity which obviously yeah. has its own issues well and the other challenge of course is that you know, with GW releasing in the in the tournament companion the the recommended layouts, uh, WTC will be releasing their layouts this week, and a lot of other. You know, there seems to be a more of a push, at least especially within my local TO chats, to move away from player placed entirely and just go to fixed. The problem is when you go to fixed, 
those are designed around objectives being located in certain locations. As soon as you switch to player-placed objectives, it throws that out the window. I mean, yeah, in some senses, but we got away with playing, what was it called, the stupid Search so Missing Artifact. We played that for years on fixed on fixed terrain sets. I think it's fine. Like, it's yes, okay but in some you were senses. restricted within six inches of that area. Sure, but I really don't feel like that ever made that big a difference on whether you could put an objective in the open or not. You also had a fixed middle objective. Games. Yeah, which I think the fixed fixed middle is what I would do with Chosen Supplies if you're going to Chosen Battlefield, if you're going to play it with five objectives. Yeah, fixed center true. objective and place the other ones, and it broadly it gets a lot more playable. I would start adding additional restrictions, like you each place one in No Man's Land and you each place one in your opponent's deployment zone, and that at least makes it a lot more attractive rather than the, like, the good old six from the back and six from the back that we used to have. Um, like six from each corner, which just results in non-interactive gameplay. Nice. The other thing that they added was they added a ranking thing for suggestions. So they yeah. ended up talking about win path as one of the things that they want you to use for rankings now. Not for rankings, for pairings. For pairings, yes. Right, yeah, sorry. they had recommendations for pairings, recommendations for rankings. The recommendations for pairings I largely like. It's wins, win path, random. Um, so that you're always playing someone within your pod through the game or through the event. Uh, and then their, But then their recommendation for placings uh, follows what GW's been doing for their US Open series for the last little while, which is wins, opponent game win, and then battle points. They actually right, just outright say that they don't think VP is a good placing metric, which, which I think is kind never of has been, frankly. No. Yeah. And then the last page of it is that afterward, which is what is the point of a Warhammer 40k tournament, which is I like that kind of commentary. To see them driven before you, to hear the lamentations of their women, <laughs> and to make them winch on Reddit afterwards. Yes, mm. 100%. Although they said... Uh, and one, the person across the table from you shares your love of Warhammer, which isn't always true, but that's okay. Uh, by the time the dust settles on the event, almost everyone will have lost a game. Which yeah, is true. Uh, typically, factually. everyone but one person. Yeah. It's like, that's factually true. Almost everyone's going to be a loser except one person. Because if you're not first, you're last. That's just how life works. Did I tell that, did I tell that story on air? I'm pretty sure I did about Warhammer Fest. Where Mike Brad did an announcement that everybody at the tournament is going to lose, and I looked, I looked at then started to my teammates and was like, "Not me!" <laughs> like day <laughs> one, I, I see like, you pulled. No. You definitely pulled the Talladega Knights uh, <laughs> out of that situation. You're like, "Not me!" <laughs> I love it's that. like winning it out of spite for you saying that I was going to lose a game. How dare you! <laughs> I will say I'm very excited to see the WTC maps because we, as a local community, bought a ton of WTC terrain in 9th edition. And so it would be nice to see if we can utilize all that again. I think I've played on all 12 map sets now, depending like pending variants, and they're all pretty solid. Like there was none, like we did a full practice weekend with them and there was nothing that we looked at. We were like, this doesn't work. They're definitely, some of them are weird. Uh, a lot of them are, you know, they're definitely based on the, um, the GW maps. Um, like they they very clearly have like that sort of level of inspiration, especially from the ones that we saw at Kansas City. That kind of you know they they have a lot of the same design ethos, but they're using WC ruins, which means that they're bigger, right? Like there's a lot more hiding yeah. space. You don't randomly get scammed by towering and things like that because there's roofs and all the ruins, which definitely well, and they're also them. taller. Yeah, yeah, and they're a lot taller. Um, I think kind of you could get away with defining them as being less than six inches tall, so you don't get plunging fire in them. But other than that, it's pretty fine. <laughs> Maybe. 
You could define them as cylinders. Six that are. point six point two inches is the uh, the, the yeah. hidden no floor. no I'm I'm aware because yeah. I I we we were we were demoing the WTC layouts and we have WTC runs that we have built over the last three years, uh, and, and and someone asked me, hey, is this tall enough for plunging? Because someone said we need an extra floor to do it. <laughs> Pull out tape measure six point one five inches. Like, guess what? Hey, do you know how many desolation means you can fit up there? I do. <laughs> uh, seven. Yeah, seven. Makes Spellfire and your squad really annoying. You're like, oh, for fucking, fucking bastards. I'll be, yeah. Three, three of the eights don't get the extra AP. What, which, which of the, uh, do you think the layout you've, got, also... you've got six guys and a sergeant up the top. That's uh, from the second squad. I'm going to have to see which ones are usable for singles. I'm just ignoring Innis at this point as he like, sits over there with his Vangor launcher. Look, man, I love my t-shirt cannons. They are by far um, the unit that has resulted in the most individual wins for me ratio-wise of any unit in 40k. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. I definitely had fun shoving two, shoving an armager into 10 of them against my Death Watch opponent round one on Sunday. I was like, no, you do not shoot those. Look, ever. skill issue. Skill issue. Skill it was. <laughs> so... Should we talk about the whole Red Dragon thing? Yes, we should. Cool. Uh, and then was... we'll do the actual normal plugs. So, Jeremy, we're going to leave you to it because you know far more about this than we do. <laughs> All right. So um, it was announced last week, uh, but the Red Dragon has agreed to sponsor StatCheck. Uh, what this means is that you're going to be seeing a few more mentions of them. You saw the introduction. The, the intro splash now has uh, their website and a very cool animation that was made by their graphic designer. Um, yeah, so a bit of background on the Red Dragon. The Red Dragon is actually my home store. It's the the local game store that I play out of uh, and that I've been helping run events out of over the last few years. Um, they started up in Ottawa about four years ago, a little, little under four years ago, uh, and they have very rapidly uh, amassed quite the following and have done a ton of good work. Uh, spearheaded primarily by one of the uh, one of the part owners, uh, Dan Morris, who is in StatCheck. You've seen him around. Um, you'll probably see him on the show at some point because he just loves to talk about Warhammer. Um, but he has really in reinvigorated and injected a ton of new life into the competitive scene here in Ottawa. Um, the work that he's done is largely responsible for myself um, being as involved as I am in uh, competitive 40K in getting out to tournaments in playing them and also just in having a very vibrant and very uh, well-constructed practice environment. Um, at the beginning of ninth, we were playing on really shitty terrain. We told him that and he made sure that we actually played on really good terrain for the rest of ninth. Uh, same thing now. We're looking at 10th edition terrain, what needs to change, and he is being extremely responsive and extremely uh, good to us on that. So I am extremely happy to be working with him uh, as part of StatCheck. Um, what that means for the channel uh, is that for StatTrek patrons, we have a flat discount code for anyone who is a patron of the uh, of StatCheck. I believe it's 15% off almost everything uh, that the Red Dragon offers. Um, the Red Dragon is also one of the main sponsors for Team Canada. That's why I'm wearing our new jersey with the lovely Red Dragon logo on both sides. Um, yeah, and they will also be sponsoring all of our internal tournaments. So they've provided prize support for all of the TTS tournaments that we are running. We have the next round of the Vibe Check League going off right now. We have 50-odd signups now. I lost track halfway through. Ennis could probably combine that, but he's muted. 
we ended up at 58 total signups. Yeah, so we have 58 signups for that. Uh, we've got a chunk of change that will be provided in prize support for probably some of the winners, but also some of just the participants because we want to spread the love around as best we can. Um, we also don't want anyone trying too hard because it's just a funsies. Event. Oh, hold up. I'm not rewarding failure. <laughs> well, I mean, no, I don't think we're going to be giving if any they of money finish to all anyone. of their games. That's a success. Whether they win all their games is another question. Look, I ain't about that. <laughs> we'll talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> We'll chat. Uh, we'll chat. What that also means rewarding is that... failure. <laughs> Raff, raffle prizes is actually what we're going to do. Yes, because Dan Morris is right there. Every we're game gonna... you get a raffle entry. There you go. <laughs> well, if we do it like some tournaments do, if you lose, you get a raffle ticket. You get extra raffle tickets. What's this whole rewarding failure thing? I, I, it's not I, I don't, rewarding. I... It's called community building in this. They're already community in our community. Building. What? <laughs> Yeah, but you want to keep people in the community for longer, bud. Okay, look, I, I get that, but also win more games. Uh, uh, and, but yeah, so uh, check out the Red Dragon. <laughs> if you want to support us, a great way to support us is through Patreon, but then also just supporting our, our sponsor, the Red Dragon. Uh, they do a lot of really good work in my locale, uh, and it is through their success that we have been able to do a lot of the things that we do locally um they were also one of the organizing members and sponsors for the all is dust major that we held back in march uh and they're also one of the sponsors for the upcoming capital clash tournament that nathan's going to be attending and that i will be judging at uh at the end of july Ooh. i'm excited i won't lie it already being july by the way is incredibly worrying i do not like the fact that it's currently july. i don't i don't like it either because it, how does it feel to have 18 days to list lock. Oh, man, it feels great. We're, like, super confident with our list right now. Um, all my guys are getting tons of practice names in. We're feeling very good. I had a minor heart attack that all our Titan lists were going to be illegal. Um, but thankfully, they've reverted that. Uh, <laughs> I am so astounded because it means that that event is in, like, just a few weeks. And then, like, a week after that is Belgium for War Masters. Oh, yeah. followed it's it's going to be wild. It's nuts. Yeah, I'm about to go to Poland for 11 days, so uh, I come back and it's like all hands on F and deck. Uh, I'm also conservatively going to like double the amount of 4K I've played uh, in 10th edition so far in four days, so you know, can't complain too much. It's going to be a ton of fun. It's going to be bonkers. Nice. I can't wait. All right, be you want to do the rest of the plugs games. before we uh, yeah. pile so, on? So let's do the rest of the plugs and then we're going to move on to show questions and finish up for the week. So uh something something hey everybody thank you for being here we really appreciate everybody sticking with us for the first hour of the show um i definitely know what i'm doing with all this plug stuff um we really appreciate you all being here uh clearly if you've made it an hour to the show you're enjoying it too which means that uh thank you i i've said thank you twice now i don't know what i'm doing um, <clears throat> give me a second <laughs> it's, it's you can cool. do this we're gonna we're gonna be okay there are a couple of ways that you can show your appreciation for us. We really, really do um, welcome anything that you guys can do for us. Uh, it really helps out with discoverability, with getting our name out there, and with being able to continue bringing you guys all of this content that we do love to produce. Um, the first and best way you can do that is by checking out our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash statcheck. $5 a month gets you access to our Patreon Discord, where you can ask us questions for the show, interact with us in the Vibject League. You'll also get access to the Red Dragon discount code now. Um, there's a ton of stuff going on in the Discord. We're all super active in there all the time. Anthony, shut up. You're distracting me. Um, and yeah, uh, it's, it's a great... It's, 
it's a great community that I, I love being part of. Um, and it's definitely the thing on the show that I think I'm most proud of um, in the sense that like, it's just awesome to be in there. So if you're not in there, why aren't you? Come on. There's like 300 people in there and it's still cool, which is always surprising because it's a Fortnite in Discord and so few of them are cool. Uh, <laughs> if that's not, not not an option for you right now, there are a couple other ways you can support us out. One is by checking out the YouTube content at youtube.com slash C slash StatCheck. There you can find access to things like the subscription button, which is a big help for just, like I said, discoverability, getting us recommended, getting us previewed and promoted. Um, leave a comment if you can. We really don't, as we always say, we don't care what you say. We just care that you're saying it. Uh, and that applies to you telling your friends about us too. We don't care what you're saying about us as long as you're talking about us. Uh, we prefer it to be positive, but I mean, if it doesn't, it doesn't have to be. I don't mind. Um, as long as it's negative about Nathan mostly and how me is in Crusade. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm pretty sure most fine. of the comments that we've gotten in the YouTube comments about Nathan have actually been pleasant and how wonderful he was to play. I'm, I'm sure they are. I just yeah, don't. It was a bunch like, of people who were like, hey, wait a second. Nathan's great to play against. Leave him I alone. I personally agree with them. I respect their ability to have an, have an opinion and to make that their decision for themselves. I just personally feel like anybody who plays Nathan in Crusade should be entitled to compensation. <laughs> Cool. Um, last a couple more things. Uh, there are other shows on the network. We would really love you to check them out. Um, that is XM1, which is definitely one of the better shows on the network. Uh, there's only three of them. It's really hard not to be. Um, that is Tim definitely and top three. It's <laughs> Tim and Cliff. Uh, Tim, the War Dog Enjoyer, and Cliff, the also also Night Enjoyer. Whoa, whoa, are they? Why are they everywhere? Why do you surround me? <laughs> uh, that is a show all about being better at 40k while also having other life commitments and how you can work around and within those limitations and also of the matrix which is typhus show which is all about teams and specifically at the moment the wtc which i highly recommend the most recent episode of that came out today and xm1 is due out a week on thursday i think they did an episode last typically week. yes yeah it's usually it's roughly every two weeks but also uh based on the entire premise of the show cliff and tim both have lives which means that the stat show can be a little erratically scheduled Lastly, myself and Typhus both offer coaching. You can check out stat-check.com slash coaching uh, for all the information of that, or you can drop us an email at coaching at stat-check.com uh, if you want to get in touch with uh, preparing for an event or breaking down 10th edition, understanding all sorts of things, or getting in some TTS games with some of us. Um, that's definitely an option that we would really appreciate. Uh, please do check that out if that is something you're looking for. With that said, we're going to move on. Nathan has looks like he has something to say. I just, yeah, we'll move into show questions in just a second. Also, um, if you're interested in even more WTC content and you want to see both interviews of team captains, they talk about a lot of different stuff, including how to get on your national team. So if you're interested in getting on the team in, say, the Netherlands, if you go and watch our interview series with Contact Lost, where I joined the Contact Lost crew and we interview all the WTC captains, you can find out how to get on the, the on your national team. You can also learn a little bit about the finances and kind of the inner workings of WTC and who is looking forward to beating up who. Hint, the Netherlands is looking to beat up Germany, which is quite exciting. Um, and optimistic. Sorry, Ruth. And, I was going to say, that's bold of them. They couldn't even be us. Jesus. <laughs> you, can, you can also listen to every single team go with hashtag anybody but England, uh, which is always... It's hashtag anyone but England, not anybody oh, but England, please. Anyone but England. That's actually what our WTC preview show is going to be called. By the way, I'm just putting... It is going to be called anyone <laughs> but England. That's fine. Um, but yeah, go, go watch it on Contact Loss on their YouTube page or anywhere where... It's called Creme de la Creme is the title of that show series. So go watch it. Thanks. Nice. All right. We're going to run a quick spot for the dragon here. And that way I have an, an easy edit cut. 
Cool, and we'll be back with questions in just a couple minutes. A couple of seconds. I have no idea how long the spot's going to be. 10 seconds. Bye-bye. Okay. Damn, that's one red dragon. <laughs> You're going to mess that up one day. That's all I'm saying. Is you are going to mess that blue. Up. As long as it's not a bad dragon, we're fine. <laughs> you said it, and Dan uh, gets to beat you up if he doesn't like it. <laughs> so, questions. Sure. Nathan, do you want to handle the being the asker of the questions this week? I'll be the asker of the questions. I just need to pull them back up. It will take me two seconds. There we go. Uh, first question is from Donatas, who is asking, what is your worst tenth game you've played so far? Which really is only applies to you two, because the best and worst game is the same game for me, because I've only played one. Um... I don't know. Just pick a game I played against Eldar or Knights. They were all equally crap. Fair. For different reasons. Like, the Knight ones feel like bullying, uh, and the Eldar ones feel like getting bullied, and I don't like either. So. <laughs> Probably my least favorite. So, everyone I've played has been a gem. has been wonderful, because I have a great local. But the least enjoyable one, just because it felt like there was never a game, would have been when I played my Knights into Custodes. Uh, because 12 Wardens failed to kill my Night Warden. Minus one damage and armor contempt, baby. It's not great. I don't, rec I don't recommend living in that world. You no, should no. Was, you should uh, the best part was is uh, I decided that I wanted to move to, to move the Warden and uh, and shoot with every, the rest of my army at those at those 12 Custodian Wardens, uh, and he overwatched and killed the Warden with uh, Caladius. And I was like, oh. Dang guess I don't have of that resource anymore. That's that's what sounds like when my castigator failed to kill any orcs and then blew up and killed a lot of orcs. <laughs> it killed one orc in melee and then killed eight in blowing up. It killed like squig hog boys from like multiple squad. It killed a bunch yep. of beast snagger boys. And I was just like, you couldn't have done this a minute ago. Okay, it's fine. Can Canis Rex made up for it by interrupting and killing every single model he was in combat with. It's true. Uh, the next question, I guess, is probably just for me. It's from Preston, who's asking, have you said the Pledge of Allegiance yet today? Um, and my answer is no. This country is a garbage fire, and I hate it. Um, and neither of us are American, so, like, it would, one, be really weird and awkward, and also just, like, I don't know it. Yeah, that's fine. We're not going to talk about it. I think that the Pledge is garbage and comes from a, a period of time where the pledge was used to try to find an out communist, basically. So, I don't know. Fuck your red scare nonsense. Um, the next is from Dan F. Why are freedom fries so much better than french fries? They aren't. French fries are also Belgian, which is never going to not be funny to me. Um, and then the question that's not associated with america finally is ed b who is do you think gw will undershoot or overshoot on each of eldar knights and marines undershoot on night undershoot on eldar undershoot on knights overshoot on marines 100 percent every day of the week yeah i i sadly agree um, i think i also agree with i that. honestly don't even if you nerf desolations i think you need to give marines a compensation buff they're that bad right now in my opinion yeah no um mm -hmm. 
feels really weird to say that, but we also saw the numbers for this weekend, and they're not in the problem categories. Not yeah. by a long shot. Desolation Marines are top three unit in the game, and everything else in that codex is kind of terrible. Uh, yeah. And Oath keeps feels- them alive. Yeah. I actually think that they're going to overshoot on Eldar. I think that's a possibility. Not a chance in hell. Two D. I don't think really you can. Uh, I mean, you. There are problems. Well, <laughs> <You're good. laughs> let's let's not. But I don't you know. Just to you be different. Six, they manifest like, the energy that I don't think they can manifest it. Just just to be fair, I just am disagreeing because it doesn't follow as fun for us. I think if you removed the fate dice mechanic, it'd still be the best army in the game that wasn't GSC. Probably. So I don't really care what they do with it. Pretty high up there. But uh, that's fair. Uh, Sam asks Lemon, uh, "What are the biggest takeaways from tenth so far that differed from your expectations going in?" Oh, uh, I can say this right now. I was really impressed with the Deathwing Command Squad data sheet, and then I put it on the table for about six games, and I refused to put it on the table again because it just has underwhelmed me. Uh, it doesn't help that two of those games I just kept getting hit by night spinners being told, no, you you move three inches and you can't advance. No. <laughs> and I Look, it's a marine unit that doesn't have load operative and it doesn't deep strike and shoot. Why on earth would you run it? I know, but mm, it looked cool. I, honestly, I realize it's a 430 point brick that sits on my home objective because it can't move more than three inches a turn. I think marines not being as good as like Marines being kind of where they're at right now was an, not something that I expected going into 10th. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of how it ended up going. Um, that's, that's okay. It's easy to, un, to over assess a faction, I think going in. Yeah. Oh, and I'll also add, cause Tim's talking about CK uh, again, I mentioned in the stats, the disparity between CK and IK, when I was looking at both of them, I was like, you know, they, I severely underestimated the impact of the, army rule disparity between those two factions because ik it's hey i have a six up feel no pain and then i can re-roll all my ones and then ck is but again uh you get your opponent's battle shock when they've taken any damage not just when they're below when they're uh below half and when they are battle shocked from turn three onwards they are minus one to hit you and you're plus one to wound them it's a lot worse than twenty percent extra wounds and uh, like a thirty percent damage increase. Uh huh. Yeah. It's very funny it's when really, you when you proc really that five good. up feel no pain for Imperial Knights on turn one <laughs> with that Vindicare assassin. <laughs> one person learned that lesson. <laughs> uh, the next question is from Preston. Is another question about the Fourth of July, which is how many hot dogs will you eat today? How many of them will you regret? I'm actually making brats today, not hot dogs, because brats are the superior. I had sausage and mashed for dinner, but that's not quite the same thing. And I'm having butter chicken and non. That's an even better decision, really. Chris Irvin. Curry, don't IK reroll one one to hit and one one to wound? Oh, my sweet summer child. They do until somebody proves otherwise in a written form from GW. It's not what the the rule says. I don't care who the (laughs) fuck you've got the rule on it. It's not what the rule says. Suck it up, night players. You're (laughs) strong enough already. You don't need more help. Okay, we're going to move on. Person for trying. <laughs> we're just going to keep going. Uh, what are your opinions on sparklers? Somebody gave me fire. Yeah, they're fine. It's like a middle, a mid-tier firework. We've not discovered fire yet in Scotland. I don't know what you're talking about. Except Explain for your lack of air wet. conditioning. 
Jake B asks, we are still a little ways away from codexes. What are you folks hoping to see in them? Uh, and then it's likely we'll get a handful of detachments and new units, but is there anything else you're hoping GW includes or addresses? Better data sheets for Marines and Terranids, please. Um, I'm setting my expectations real low. I'm not expecting that the data sheets will change at all. Me neither. I just really want them to for Terranids. Yeah. There, but maybe they'll get, I, I don't know, maybe here, here's my one hope. Admet gets a detachment that's not complete ass. I no, would like yeah. more detachments. Best I can do is best I can do is one that's just for cult mech units instead of one that's just for Skitar units. You know what? I'll take that. Best act, I by can the way, is there make army rule that only something. affects some of the Skitar units and, none, and half the cult mechanics units? Sure. It's the detachment that is actively trolling because you know, in some cases, it actually heals your opponent. Yeah, I do. I just want more detachments, and I want them to go over some of the data sheets because some books have like just very minimal good data sheets at the moment and it, it and minimal good detachments. It's like somebody ran out of ink halfway through printing the data cards and all of the ink went into the Eldar data cards. Crusher Stampede, but with breaking through, both breaking through well, replacing Tank Shock for monsters. Well, actually, no, it'd be Captain Six Mortal, so I'm okay yeah. with that. I mean, so was the old one. We're going to keep going. Swarm Lord allows you to use its strat <laughs> twice, doesn't it? No, Tyrant does, though. Tyrant, okay. Look, man, you got Canis Rex. You can do the exact same thing, and it's three not times. less likely. So back I, the F up. <laughs> I tank shocked three times, and I think people were embarrassed for me based on my dice rolling. I'm not going to lie. I've used Grenade about eight times this edition. I've never done less than three mortals, so... Grenade's a good one. It's pretty good. Strat. I keep forgetting that one exists. I've not had anybody use it against me yet. It's been hilarious. <laughs> I don't think I've seen anybody but me use it at all. And I'm like, every game! I have a free strat on my Stargate every turn, though, so a lot of times it's just like, yeah, why not, grenade? You might as well, right? Because it doesn't stop you from doing anything else. Yeah. Uh, John asks, what makes an army go from playable or playable in certain situations to the shelf? And when do you decide to dust off a shelfed army? Hmm. Well, Nathan, for Nathan, it's whether he's playing it in the Crusade League or not right now. Um, it's true. <laughs> Actually, I use Crusade mostly to motivate hobby because they give a hobby prize for our crusade leagues locally so i only get a prize for hobbying the most in that league and winning is a byproduct can't believe you killed my paladin with grenade strat in us says chris that guy passed so many six of pains i was like no just die please go away <sighs> i'm tired of you being in front of me exactly <laughs> he was more like to the side of me i was like running past him on my way to a war dog i was like you go away now it was great uh yeah uh what makes an army basically it kind of there's an accepted level of community group think when it comes to how strong an army is um an army's power level is mostly perceived um rather than like actually true uh like there's a lot of you know armies are strong because they're strong but a lot of armies are strong because they are seeing play or because things they're good against are seeing play um so mostly an army comes off the shelf when it kind of falls into that metric of good enough that I don't feel like I'm losing games from my army choice and good enough that I like can express skill with it. Like that's another big thing. Like I don't, I'm not going to play knights because I value my time. I don't want to just randomly lose games to showing up. Jeremy, I hate you. Um, 
Um, so it's kind of like, does it fall into the confluence of, I have it, it's strong right now, I feel like I could do something interesting with it, um, or it's just so wildly powerful that I have to play it because there's no other option. Like right now, if I was grinding for a golden ticket, I'd be playing Eldar. I'm, I'm not better than that. Um, you know, sure. it's just kind of where, where you have to be if you want to compete in that sort of environment. So that's kind of the, the big determining factors. Yeah, and sense. for me... I have six armies that I play on like a deep level. And the big part for me is about every two months or so, I will, if an army has seen any changes, I will dust it off. I will try to build a list and I will try to play it once. And if I feel like I'm smashing my head into a wall, it goes back on the shelf. That happened with that. Yeah, I do that with Nids about once every three months. So we'll say. Yeah, that was me and Admech. I mean, that was me and Dark Angels originally, but that was me and Admech specifically for once the first data slate came out until the tail until the tail end of night. Every now and then I'd dust them off, I'd look and be like, can I do something with this? And the answer was usually no. Yeah. Or it felt like I was just working too hard for something that I could get so much easier with one of my other armies. And so they would that's come where, back on the shelf. That's what I did as I was like, I really wanted to check out how bad the 10th edition index was for Admech by building on a list that felt competitive with it. Mm. Sometimes you just have to go in and try to build a competitive list. Like if you hear a bunch of people saying, oh, this is good now, just go build a list and then see if you can put something together that makes sense and would play yeah. well. Tim raises a really good point here. There's a bit of that sunken cost fallacy. What happens when you spend several weeks testing matchups only to realize your faction just sucks? I simply don't test factions that suck. You know, just just full-on circular logic that. Um, we just have a regular... Like Nerdikinezer over here, Nerdstradamus. There it is. You got to believe your own hype a little bit when you're picking an army. Ultimately, uh, if you don't think it's good, it's not going to be good. You got to trust. You got to trust the process a little bit sometimes. Um, yeah, next, no, that makes sense. The next question is from Luke, uh, which is, "What are the biggest trap units of the tenth? Either units not as strong as people thought, or just a bit too expensive that people pay too many points for them." Deathwing, Deathwing command squads. Proteus kill teams, um, aggressors, uh, eradicators. I see so many of us playing eradicators now with like the biologists, and I'm like, man, that is still just like eight shots. Um, yeah, yeah, they went down in points. Yeah, they got tougher, but they also lost half their shots. Yeah. And sure, they're they're they now don't require O's to do what they want to do against monsters and vehicles, but. Yeah, we, they're definitely a problem looking for an answer. Um, 100%. Especially when you're shooting into most of the things you want to shoot in with that are reasonably high toughness units with invulns. And <laughs> that ends badly when you have eight shots in a unit. Um, the entire Terranid faction. Um, <laughs> melee. Um... <laughs> <laughs> melee units do feel like the biggest trap a lot of the time. Melee with the exception of custodes. That's fair. And I mean, custodians are just less bad at it. They're not actively good at it. Mm, I guess. They do definitely take the other melee combat armies, though, just outside. Oh, for sure. Like, just take 100%. them back and they're done with them every yeah. single time. Uh, a question for Innis or Typhus, if he's on the show. Typhus is not on the show. Listening to Enter the Matrix, 8th edition index ETC was seen as one of, if not the worst ETCs in the in terms of the meta. Why are index editions of the ETC so bad to ba so bad to balance? And what would be what could be or should be done to alleviate this? Nothing like the game. WGC exists in some senses to be a representation of the game at a point in time as played by teams. You can't 
escape the fact that sometimes 40k just kind of sucks. And it's okay for the WC's meta to be kind of shit sometimes because the event doesn't like team events are kind of meta agnostic. That event was still a fucking blast. You still saw like you saw lists that came out to hard counter or razor wing flocks, and you saw lists that were built to like custom stomp on five storm ravens. And sure, there were a lot of storm raven mirrors about, but most people I know still had a pretty good time with that tournament because a lot of the WC is playing the game for the game for the game as it exists, not the game as you want it to be. And you make tweaks to try and get it, you know, like you know, we'll run a differential format and we restrict faction choices so that there is the the event is very resilient to that kind of bullshit. Um, which means that you just kind of get away with you got to get away with murder in a way you wouldn't with singles because it doesn't matter how badly your game went as long as you're if your seven teammates are doing great you can still be hype you can still be excited you can still care about storylines beyond your own um which just means that you i don't know my coach coaching that event was a nightmare because you'd walk around and you'd be like oh so which storm player went first uh oh, cool i'll write down 20 or zero depending on a coin flip like yeah i get it like there, there's an aspect of that and there'll be some of that this year if wraith knight builds stick around if towering builds end up being incredibly impressive there will be aspects of that but every player at the event is going in knowing what what the game is like and nobody's under any illusions um <laughs> and everybody's going anyway because it's about the team at the end of the day it's about the team it's about the community it's about the camaraderie and it's about doing the best you can within the circumstances and playing the game as it exists not the game as you wish it could be and the game as it'll be in six months um we can only yeah. play the event that's in front of us at the end of the day and whinging and chamfing over it it doesn't do anybody any good because the event's happening anyway and you might as well get on board or get off the ride i had something else but now i've forgotten so it doesn't matter uh, oh the other thing is, is that six years ago we had a much less involved gw when it comes to balancing the game and being involved like we saw a really good example of that we're, we're getting an adjustment this week did you get an adjustment within the first like two weeks of eighth and eighth index um... is dropping I don't remember if we had the Flyers don't score objectives ruling by WC or not. I feel like we might have, but I don't actually know. Because that was like the first big changes of um, of 8th edition was Flyers can't hold objectives, which obviously the fact that that was ever a thing. Um, I love the idea of that Hemlock flying back and forth over that objective holding it. That's great. I love it. Everything about that. No, no, headlocks, please, buddy. There were no other planes in that tournament. I, pick, I picked a plane. <laughs> Dark talents, baby. There you go. Dark talents and storm ravens. Every other play, every other list of that event was like was Yunari a hundred percent of the time because double shooting Dark Reapers and Fugan and things like that was way better than whatever you were doing, uh, and also right. having, Frank, and then like two hundred razoring flocks. Frank asks. If you guys had to play either Templars or Death Watch, not in Gladius, which one do you pick and why? Death Watch every Death day Watch. of the week. Yeah, 100%. I'm actively currently playing Death Watch. Like, I feel like that's a trick question, Frank. Death yeah. Watch is new to that one. The, Death the problem Watch's is, detachment is actually decent. Like, well, not just that. It. Yeah. But uh, Templars, you're playing melee. What did we just say mm. two minutes ago? <laughs> Yeah, it's not, uh, not it's not unfair. Preston asks another Fourth of July related question, which is, "What's your favorite firework?" They have names. Katie Perry. Katie Perry. All right, we're done. The question's been answered. I'm moving on. <laughs> Derek asks, "Do you think the compression of army rules into the single page, single rule uh, things slash push for simplicity has negatively affected faction designs like in Chaos Knights, Death Guard, Marines, Admech, etc. I don't think no, the game got fine. any simpler, personally. Just personally, I don't think the game got that much simpler. 
by taking all the stratagems and then just distributing them and multiplying them by two across data sheets. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There, there is definitely some design space that they lost by stripping things down. Um, points on war gear. Yeah. Hey, there is one war gear option that has points. It's the Shadow Spectre X Arc. He's twenty points. That's not a war gear option. That's a model. Kind of is. Like, let me have this. <laughs> it's the one instance of like you can have this dude for twenty points in the entire game. Is the Shadow Spectre X Arc that they don't sell anymore? Oh yeah, they don't. I hate, <laughs> so, I hate Warhammer so much. <laughs> I'm not no. saying Brian spent eighty pounds for one on eBay, but I'm also not saying he didn't. My favorite by far, though, is definitely the Exaction Squad. Uh, that <laughs> thirty-five points for a five-point for a five-model unit with a five-up field of pain. You can make it cost you seventy-five points, though, if you take a cannon. That forty-point cannon is the weirdest damn thing. Or you can take the cannon and five more exactors for the same for the forty same points. Cost, yeah. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't realize that either. Yeah, they, have, they have three options, which is the the leader and four exactors, the leader four exactors and a cannon, and the leader nine exactors and a cannon. And those bottom two options are the same price. Yep. I hate that that's what exists, frankly. Oh yeah, that's um, why it shouldn't exist. It should. Like, first of all, cops shouldn't be in 40k. Like, I don't need I don't need cops in 40k. I have enough problems with cops in real life. Um but um that would be for later. We can ask questions about that. Um, I'm going to go into the YouTube chat now for questions because there are a few of them. Um, Adam asks, does the suggested terrain layouts, I assume from GW or WTC, make melee more viable? No, no they do not. I mean, the GW one's definitely not, but if you put real terrain on those maps, then yeah, probably. Yeah, they're tall. Be better, so probably, yeah. I'm going to go into. I, I really like the fact that we got layouts from GW that people are going to start working with. Uh, you need to put some taller ruins on those layouts, unless they find a way to fix the towering mechanic. Because if I put three dot three Questorus chassis and four Warglaves or four whatever armagers on that on that table, I see everything and I shoot everything, and yeah. you don't kill me. Hundred percent. The train needs like a complete redesign from what we were using in ninth, essentially, in terms of height, like by itself. Well, I mean, the, if like, you were using WTC ruins, it's fine. Yes, because you had three-story fully blocking ruins in the in the in that pack already. Um, so that right there is you know more than sufficient to address the most of the issues with towering, um, and you can address a lot more by playing first floor line of sight blocking. Definitely, you do those also two things together, and you're generally well not fine but it becomes much less impactful because you can actually hide from them board up your windows cover up the holes in your roof and things will be fine or as one of my locals said give, give all of our terrain hats there you go i love it it just needs sunshades every every ruin should come with a sombrero <laughs> <laughs> next question is from ollie baxendale uh, on YouTube, which is, do you think they'll sort out melee with codices? And my answer to that is no, because it's a fundamental rules problem more than anything else with combat. But they might make it hit harder. 
you could probably print a data sheet that was just like double the attacks characteristic AP and strength of your melee data sheets for turned units, and it wouldn't be better than playing a shooting army. Probably, yeah. Probably. This edition is very hard tilt towards shooting. Very hard tilt. It's not even, it's like, I know that there's a lot of talk about like melee not being that great. Melee's still like, the mechanics of melee are harder to use. It's just not worth delivering anything now. Like, you get there and you hit like a wet fart. Nothing does any goddamn damage in melee anymore. Because it's like an AP and a strength cap in melee for non non vehicles, essentially, right? <laughs> what if and we it let makes melee them... attack at twenty four inches? There you go. You'd have an average elbow shooting <laughs> unit throwing a chain sword across 20, 24 inches. Yeah, um, it's like you can have you know you what you could have for you could have you know like the fact that thunderhammers are AP two like baffles my mind. I don't understand how that and two happen. damage. Yeah, like they're AP two two damage. Like you charge a space marine, they pop armor content, they save on fours. It's like how are you meant to use this to flip objectives when you get like four attacks hanging on fours from an average squad? You know, you put like three thunder, you get like a squad of death company. They charge in at least that company got four rerolls, but like a death watch thunder thunderhammer squad. Like you go through all the effort of delivering four thunderhammers, you do like seven damage on average average to an armiger. It's like what's the point? Um, I don't know. I feel like you, you need, there just needs to be like a, an additional game wide like on the charge you get plus one strength and AP or something like that, um, like just across the board to fix melee. Like you need some some kind of reward for actually delivering because at the moment it just doesn't work. Um, Makes sense. I mean, like when you get something that hits hard in melee into melee, it still feels fine. Like you still flip yeah. objectives, you still score secondaries. Like you deliver Abaddon, the Lion, Gulliman, anything like that caliber, it still feels fantastic. Armagers, like for some reason, Armagers are still AP three damage three. Um, you know, they they have no problem punching things to death. Um, and then you can stack on things like tank shock on top of that. But you know, generic infantry stuff just there isn't a point. And generic infantry in melee is most of what we played for the last two editions, so I, I get that it's had its time in the sun a little bit. Maybe that's the point then. But Yeah, but the point of removing, you know, the design space of half of the coolest units in 40k is a little little bit of a choice. No, I'm not saying it's a good thing, not saying it's a bad thing, but it's, it's different. Yeah. Clearly what 40k needed was to be the guns game. That was that was what we were all missing. Because it was... You gotta differentiate not. it from Age of Sigmar. Even further. Which is also the guns game. <laughs> Dang. Actually, I think that that, model, that army that game is currently the regenerating models game. So Gene Star cults are just missing. Um, <laughs> which brings us to our next question from Aaron Mosquera, which is: If Eldar, comma towering, comma NGSE get toned down, what rises to the top? GSE. <laughs> well, I said GSE would be nerfed. They yeah, I know. I don't down. care. They're still top. I don't okay. know how you tone down the army to the point where it's fair. But... I don't know. Um. Subtract three from the uh, the cult ambush roll if they're outside your deployment zone. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you would still be fine. Uh, you could <laughs> remove that mechanic and the army would still be the second best after Eldar. <laughs> and then we have two questions from Contact Lost. The first one is, will you be tracking going first and do you see any impact of going first in competitive games right now? We can't track going first, unfortunately, because it's not something that tournament... Uh, organization websites generally give us. So as far as I know, Attorney Keeper doesn't report it. Best Coast Pairings allows you to input it, but you it doesn't show it when you're looking at the stats. Um, Down Under Pairings also doesn't... I don't think any of the ones that we actually use for our data um, have yeah, that do. for us. Uh, and Impact of Going First in Competitive Games, uh, the two games that I've lost that I've tracked, I went first. <laughs> so 
Ennis, are you seeing say about that? <laughs> a first turn or lack of first turn advantage right now? I don't really know where my stats are saying. Like, I lost, I've definitely lost a game. Like, going second to the Knights is rough because if they just jam at you. Um, right now, I'm sitting at a 75% go first win rate and a 71.4 go second win rate. So, across like 14 practice games. So, I don't know. Um, I don't know. It seems fairly reasonable. Um, I don't have all my games tracked to BCP, unfortunately. All the TTS games aren't on there and stuff like that, and a bunch of the single ones. Um, I don't know. It, it hasn't felt broadly that bad. Going second gives you the advantage if you're playing stuff like... Um, if you have units that can go back into reserve, it's a lot better to go second because they can still come down on turn two. Um, ingressing when you go second is a lot more powerful because you have them active for your second turn. You get endgame scoring, whereas going first, you get the first touch on a bunch of cards. If you draw a card like Area Denial or Extend Battle Lines on turn one, it's much easier to do going first. You also obviously get first damage output if you're playing things like indirect or towering um you get positioning about your people like, it feels like it's fairly like as long as you build to have fairly decent options for going first or second there's a lot of things you can do to mitigate disadvantages um and i really haven't felt outside of like specific matchups like i really want to go first or really want to go second so i don't know it feels all right right now their second question is do you think non-symmetrical tables would introduce a bit of variability and make the role for choosing side of the table more meaningful so that that question got answered by vigorous shaking of the heads of no um, i do not want to lose on a on a table choice roll off i want to lose the list building phase reasonable please please don't make me go back please don't make me go back <laughs> there are we talked questions. about earlier also with the uh the chosen battlefield because if people have been paying attention you deploy those objectives before you choose sides and then two no, no, questions no no, no 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 one of them we're gonna we're gonna go with ethan's first which is how many threats versus mission play units should you have in your slower if you're a slower faction like say death guard mm. entirely context dependent are you building for a fixed secondary or are you planning on playing tactical most of the time um, you know, I would generally recommend you're probably going to want to have enough stuff to have a unit deep structure board's deployment zone on turn two and three, and to have a couple of chaff units on the board to screen and play. I would usually say somewhere in the region of four to six is roughly what I'm looking for. But if your army has really expensive chaff, you maybe just have to go lower on that. Um, if you're playing something like Death Guard and you're not worrying about like team considerations, you're probably going to have to ally in something like Nurglings in order to get a reasonable answer for that. Um, but there are definitely options exist and it's always better to lose a game because you couldn't do enough damage rather than lose a game because you did a ton of damage and couldn't score any points while you were doing it. At least you can high roll damage. You can't high roll scoring. That's true. And then the last question is, is it coming home? Hashtag anyone but England. And on that note, we're out of questions and I'm not going to go filtering back to find other ones. So thanks everyone for your questions. They were really amusing. I think if Anthony was here, your 4th of July questions would have more than just me getting mad at 4th of July. <laughs> it's a good song. I enjoy the Fallout Boy song. I'll give I'll give it that. Um, I don't know if anybody else will have ever heard of that, but, you know, it's fine. Uh, it's a newer album, so. Um, I got nothing else. Out. Um, talk us out, Ennis? I don't, I don't know. I, should I? <laughs> yes. What do you guys have coming up? What's What's the next week for you guys? Let's go um, finish up with that. Man, I have family in town this week, but I'm going to try to play a lot of 40k and prep for Jeremy's event in, at the end of July. And I'm trying to decide what I want to play right now. It's looking like Imperial Knights, 
but I'm taking suggestions because I've Sorry, got a little bit of time. We're, we're going to schedule a coaching session, all right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Me and Ennis are going to sit down and chat, basically, is what's going to happen before I go to this event. <laughs> Jeremy, have you got uh, another one of the, the Red Dragon events this weekend, or are you taking uh, it off? Yeah, we've got, we're actually running RTTs every single weekend of July leading up to Capital Clash. So we've got a uh, three or four rounder this weekend, and then next weekend, and then the weekend after. And then we have Capital Clash, and then we have one after that. And then I leave for WTC. Um, and we might have a practice team practice day on Sunday if I have the energy for it. So I'm going to be playing a lot of 40K. And I really hope that we get those notes from GW sooner than later. So Maybe that tomorrow. I can adjust. Yeah, tomorrow would be great. Be great. That's fair. And as for myself, I am off to Poland on Thursday. Uh, well, that does mean I'm unlikely to be on the show next Tuesday. Um, so somebody else will have to do the plugs in a either much more or much less scuffed manner. So I can only apologize for that. Um, I will be, uh, so I am attending the Silesia Team Championships, which you can follow along on Twitter Keeper, along with Brian and Typhus and Meissen. Uh, it's a three-man team event where we have a coach because Typhus is like, I don't want to play this shit meta. Uh, so <laughs> uh, so we're, we're all heading off to Poland. I'm going to be there for 11 days playing two team events. We've got a Team Scotland event the following weekend. Um, so yeah, really looking forward to that. So I will hopefully be back with you guys in about two weeks. Thanks. With all that said, uh, oh, and we're, we'll hopefully, because we'll have a bunch of us trapped in a house for a week, we're going to hopefully do some actual like live content. And we'll do some content while we're there. It just won't be necessarily live content. It'll be more pre-recorded stuff. With all that said, thank you so much, everybody, for being here with us for the episode 51, Wraith Night and Day. Um, I hope everybody has recognized just how garbage this meta is, but also how filled with optimism we are for the end of this week, where they will tell us that we're only going to lose to Wraith Nights most of the time, not all of the time. Or they could just take them out back and shoot them. Yeah, I mean, they said they're banning Titans at WTC, so that entirely, like, a Wraith Knight is a Titan, as far as I'm concerned. <clears throat> they said Forge World Titans. I don't care. I can make the argument. Are there it means we don't have to worry about Skadak. Look, the most important thing is the Eldar players suffer. That's all I'm really looking for for Christmas. Um, and Fair that's a shout-out to the one guy on, on YouTube who said that I'm so salty about Eldar that it makes me not enjoy the show. I'm doing this just for you. <laughs> I would like you to enjoy it less. Uh, spiteful Innes is the best in this. <sighs> I don't know how else to be. Thank you so much, everybody, for being with us for episode 51 of StatCheck. Please do remember to check out patreon.com slash StatCheck, youtube.com slash c and coaching at stat-check.com for all the various things that we do. We would love to hear from you if you have any feedback, anything like that, or you just want to chat shit. We're always welcome to the opportunities. Have a great weekend. Good luck at any tournaments you're at, unless you're playing Eldar, in which case I hope you lose. Uh, and don't throw your dice in the toilet. It's a really, really, really bad look because that picture is disgusting. <laughs> and uh, don't forget to check out the Red Dragon at red-dragon.ca and uh, support us. Everyone have a wonderful week. Bye-bye. For more shows like this, check out the Goonhammer Media Network. More info at media.goonhammer.com. Thank you.